Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Sirius XM Progress. We are joined tonight by a great lineup led by Chris Hauselt, our executive producer. Producer Thea Harper and I are here in the Howard Stern Tower high above Gotham all by ourselves. We're lonely. It's dark. It's creepy. The lights keep coming out. This is hybrid work. She's cowering at a quarter in fear. I'm sitting here trying to get warm by a fire I made of some old promotional materials from the OutQ channel, and we're doing our best to stay brave. Send help. Right, Thea? Did I get anything wrong there? Um, I'm okay, but I, I think you were crying before. I was, I was crying before, yeah. but welcome to Hybrid World. It's it's just us here, folks. We got to start bringing in some comics on Monday nights again, so it's not quite so lonely. Tonight, however, we have a great lineup of guests joining us. Uh, Glenn Kirshner will be with us very shortly to go through all all of the legalese we have to keep track of. I don't know if you guys heard, but Lordy, there are tapes within the last hour. CNN has announced that somehow someone has leaked to them Donald Trump in the actual tapes that Jack Smith used in his indictment from 2021, acknowledging he had secret military information that was not declassified six months after leaving office. This is a key piece in Jack Smith's case against the former president. CNN's been airing it tonight. It's the recording in Bedminster where he says, I'll show you an example. This is off the record. Secret information. We'll actually play the tape. But my impression is eerily accurate, but you'll you'll hear this later on and we'll Go to Glenn Kirshner right away. He just found out about it, too. Comedian Rhonda Handsome joins us in hour number two to bitch smack fools and push away fascists. I'm so glad you're with us. We're here to bring good trouble to the right wing bubble. We're still trying to figure out what's going on in Russia. Let's get to it. Let's. uh, Yeah, let's do a show. Let's begin with a uh, a bit of a history lesson. If that's okay, going way back, way, way back, back to, um, well, uh, 90 years ago, before, before we had rural electrification, 
Think about the 1930s when nearly 90% of farms had no electric power. With the high costs, prohibitive terrain, it was impossible, right? Before electricity, farmer had to water his cows by hand. He had to milk his cows by hand. They had to haul endless buckets from a deep well in dry weather. Livestock had to be fed by hand. You'd have to, if you were lucky, you could get a, a, a stationary gasoline engine to run pumps or washing machines. But generally, wood to heat the house, fuel the kitchen stove, cut and split by hand. It, before rural electrification on a farm, water was pumped from a well, had to be hauled bucket by bucket to the house or the barn. It wasn't until May of 1936, under President Roosevelt, that Congress passed the Rural Electrification Act, or REA which brought electricity to the American countryside. And now, about nine decades later, President Joe Biden said today that rural communities suffer from a similar disparity he called the digital divide, the gap between the, the, the families and the farms and the workers and the jobs that have high-speed internet access and the families and the farms and the workers and the jobs that don't. I mean, we're, we're in a time of, you know, you, rich guys can go to space. Rich guys can hire a submarine down to the Titanic. We have AI. We have self-driving cars. But 7% of the U.S. still doesn't have broadband service that meets our government's minimum standards. So a couple of years ago, lawmakers approved $166 billion to try to improve Internet connectivity around the country. But when COVID hit, people realized more than ever how important letting all Americans have access to quality internet is. Think about this. For millions of people during lockdown, Wi-Fi was a way to go to work, to have your kid go to school, to buy your groceries, to still talk to your elderly loved ones, if you could afford it. There was one 2021 study from Pew Research Center that said 60% of lower-income broadband users said they often or sometimes struggled in the pandemic to use online services as a result of crappy slow speed. Nearly half said they worried at the time about their ability to afford their internet bills. Now, even before rural electrification, back in 1896, it was pretty controversial when we had rural free delivery service of mail. I mean, that would brought mail directly to farm families. Before rural free delivery, if you lived out in the boondocks, you had to pick up mail yourself, sometimes at very, very far away post offices, or pay for private express companies to bring your mail to your house. It was controversial in the 1800s to have rural free delivery. It was controversial in the 1900s to have rural electrification. And now we know high-speed internet is not a luxury. It's not something to keep gamer kids playing all day. It's a necessity if you want to live in the modern world. And if you want poor people and struggling people to be able to climb out of poverty, if you want poor and struggling people to somehow be able to climb the economic ladder, Wi-Fi is essential. So what is Bidenomics? I mean, when we talk about Joe Bidenomics versus trickle-down economics, that is exactly what Reagan and Bush and Bush and Trump and Romney fought for. Bidenomics, as I understand it, is you, you help the middle class as an economic strategy. You help the middle class by having the government invest in the middle class as opposed to trickle down economics, Reaganomics, which is you have a lot of tax cuts, mainly focused on wealthy people and hope that that stimulates the economy long term for everyone. I mean, it always helps the rich folks. They invest a lot and Wall Street does well. But how often have you seen the benefits, even under Obama, of Wall Street doing really well, trickle down to hardworking people? So again, the Republican plan is focus on the rich people, keep them happy, make our donors happy, and eventually the money will trickle down to you. Joe Biden's relentless attitude is 
The government invests in the middle class. They spend money. It helps everyone. It trickles up and down. So today at the White House, Joe Biden and Vice President Harris kicked off part two of their uh, Investing in America tour. They announced more than $42 billion in new federal funding to expand high-speed internet access nationwide. This is the largest ever campaign to help what they think is over like eight and a half million families and businesses finally have modern day connectivity. And the government plans to parcel the money out to states over the next two years. And this is the big Biden era plan to try to deliver reliable broadband to the entire country by the year 2030. So even, even the most far flung parts of the U.S will be able to be in the 21st century when it comes to Wi-Fi access. Here is the president speaking earlier today at the ceremony. We're bringing you all this coverage because, well, you guys know this is stuff that actually affects lives, which means cable news won't be talking about it. And today we're taking another big step toward Internet for All. We're announcing over $40 billion to be distributed to 50 states, Washington, D.C., and territories to deliver high-speed internet in places where there's neither service or it's too slow. And folks, it includes rural communities like Appalachia, towns that Joe represents. It includes tribal lands from Alaska to the Dakotas, coastal towns from Hawaii to the Pacific Northwest. It also includes suburban communities, even cities, neighborhoods, and uh, where there's a lot of feeding you think is automatic where some still have to use dial-up connections to get online. The funding for each state and territory is based on their specific needs, how many of the residents currently lack internet access, and what it will cost to provide that access. With this funding, along with other federal investments, we're going to be able to connect every person in America to reliable, high-speed internet by 2030. Imagine Donald Trump giving a speech like that nuts and bolts about helping poor people get internet. Imagine any Republican president prioritizing this. This is the biggest investment in high-speed internet ever. He did it for poor people. You know, the ones who don't vote that no one cares about. This is, includes $42.5 billion for the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program, also called BEAD, which Congress enacted as part of the infrastructure law in 2021. So today, the Commerce Department, after the speech, officially began divvying up the money and they gave grants all over the place. Uh, $27 million for the U.S. Virgin Islands, $3.3 billion for Texas. Um, at the White House, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo described the money as a generational opportunity. Uh, and it's really impressive. I mean, Biden wants to have every American connected by 2030, even though he'll be gone, even if he wins a second term. Now, think about it. Like with electrification and phones, you know, the territory is rugged. There's single family houses. There was a lot of folks back in the 30s said this is not economically viable to try to bring electricity to all these far flung places. Why are we spending all this money on so few people? Right. The cost to supply those people doesn't match the revenue they generate. That's the Republican argument. But think about it from the Democratic point of view. <laughs> if ever there was a, a, a market where the government needs to step in, this is it. Rural electrification, rural Wi-Fi. If the public believes the access ought to be available, the government needs to step in because the private sector is never going to do it. Senator Shelley Moore Capito 
Republican of West Virginia, says West Virginians are very anxious for the dollars. They're getting $1.2 billion. Mississippi was announced today as getting $1.2 billion. Over there in uh, the state of Washington, they've got 239,000 locations in the state that still don't have service. They were hoping for $3 billion. They got $1.2 billion today. Now, you're probably listening to this if you're a liberal or a progressive or a Democrat or anti-evil. And you're saying, well, yeah, right, but let's talk about the irony here, right? I mean, this is going to help you know who the most? Rural, poor MAGA voters. Biden is busting his ass to try to help people who are groomed to hate him. These people will get internet. And once they have internet, thanks to Biden, they'll be able to very quickly learn that Joe Biden is a sleepy, pedophile, dementia patient who can't find his pants and is also a socialist mastermind. I, 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 right? But see, this is, this is the thing I like about old Joe. Because he's doing it because it's the right thing to do. Not just trying to get votes, because he knows it has to get done. And what do you hear all the time on the media? What do all these pundits keep saying? What are the Democrats going to reach out to the rural voters? Dudes, motherfuckers. Under Barack Obama, you had the lowest uninsured rate of Americans with health care in history. Joe Biden is doing this right now. They are reaching out to the rural red areas. That's who this benefits. And just like every other time. It's the blue states that are going to pick up the tab for the red states. We have to acknowledge it. Most of this will be paid through taxes generated by big cities, generated by blue states. Now, again, the places where they don't have a lot of Wi-Fi, they generally vote Republican. Just like the states where they had the counties where they had the worst COVID death rates because they weren't getting their shots, tended to vote Republican. These folks have no problem with big, expensive, intrusive government if it helps them. I get it. The hypocrisy, yada, yada, yada. But but here's the thing. This is not a complaint. It's not like, oh, blue state people are mad. The red state people are. No, that's shitty. It's not about complaining that the blue states are helping the red states. That's not what liberals do. It's not about hating the red states. We're glad there's revenue from the blue states to help our less fortunate red state brothers and sisters. The deal is we're talking about that small government bullshit they keep forcing on us, right? Because small government can't meet the needs of the people in a country of this size. So look at how much more money Kentucky or Mississippi receive than they give back. Republicans are going to hate this. I mean, if everyone has Wi-Fi, who's going to listen to AM radio? (laughs) So it's a good story. We won't be a third world country when it comes to Internet, at least. But Biden's not slowing down. And I want to know what you think is the strongest argument these Democrats can make going into 2024. Wednesday, he's flying to Chicago to give a big economic address, and he's going to be talking about, well, the labor market. I mean, in the pandemic, the Congressional Budget Office projected that unemployment would not possibly drop below 4% until the year 2026. It dropped below that in Biden's first year in office. The share of working age Americans in the workforce is now higher than at any time in more than 15 years. There's more people working in the workforce today than any day during the Donald Trump presidency. And, and, you know, they're not pretending inflation's done. But middle class Americans have come out through this despite the rising prices. Americans have higher net worths and higher real disposable incomes today than they did before the pandemic. So great. You can run on that and you can run on Roe v. Wade, right? Oh, no, wait. The other thing Biden's going to be doing, and this is what I think is smart. Tell me if you disagree, but you want to reach out to red state voters. You want to be able to say, hey, while they're talking about Hunter's laptop, we've been doing shit. Get ready to hear a lot about junk fees. 
you know what junk these are, right? Those surprise little costs you face when you want to buy a concert ticket or check a bag on an airplane, those annoying little fees that you didn't expect and you thought you were paying the price you were quoted, those annoying little fees that so many Republicans want to protect. Biden and the White House think that this can be a winning campaign issue. And just like bringing Wi-Fi to all Americans, the right thing to do. A lot of this happened after Taylor Swift's Eras tour went on sale and Ticketmaster got a lot of focus because they had so many junk fees. Republicans think it's just fine. Tim Scott was on Fox News Radio and he, he thinks it's great. He said, having fee control, well, let's play it. Do we have that Tim Scott clip? Let's hear, let's hear a man who'll never be president, Tim Scott. We need solutions for the American people, and it's not a bunch of fees that will be eliminated by the president having fee control, income control, price control. Mm -hmm. It sounds more like socialism than free markets and capitalism that led to the lowest level of poverty, frankly, in the history of our country just a few years ago. That's how they describe Biden trying to get rid of the fees that rip off American consumers. Oh, it's, it's, it sounds socialist. It sounds more like socialism. The White House knows that this sort of thing can cut through the partisan lines. And Republicans want to go on a limb to protect corporate profits and corporate greed like this? Go for it. But here's the thing, and this is what I've come to admire about old Joe Biden that I never admired about younger or middle-aged Joe Biden. It's, it's not just about trying to win over voters by saying we're going to save you a few bucks. Democrats think that this can actually really start to show how the Republican Party is pro-corporate and not pro-Americans. Just cut into their messaging. This blue-collar horseshit. They're pushing about Donald Trump fighting for you, fighting for hardworking Americans. Republicans are looking out for you. You guys know it's not true. I always say, what have the Republicans done since Nixon and the earned income tax credit, where they put non-millionaires first? When Biden gave the State of the Union speech in February, he talked about this. He said Americans are tired of being played for suckers. He talked about the fees for baggage costs. The fees, if you want to sit next to your kid while you're traveling. Have you had that one happen to you? So Democrats in the House and Senate all introduced bills supporting this push. Blumenthal had the uh, Junk Fee Prevention Act. And businesses have started to listen. Live Nation agreed to start showing prices up front. Ticketmaster said they'll add an option for users to see upfront pricing. At least three of the major airlines guaranteed no extra fees to sit with your kid. I mean, some corporations are beginning to take notice before any reform happens. But this is the sort of thing this White House needs to push, a record of actually helping Americans and a record of helping Americans who probably won't be voting for you. This, to me, is one of the strengths of this White House, and it's one of the great strengths of smart Democrats, not all Democrats. But again, you can brag about your accomplishments all day, and, and, and you should. People need to know the things this White House accomplished, and they won't be talking about how old Joe Biden is when they realize how much a guy got done in a day. The infrastructure bill delivered projects like roads and bridges around the country that people could actually see progress on. I mean, the Inflation Reduction Act, which, you know, is going to have clean energy tax credits for people by next year. The CHIPS Act is going to bring manufacturing for electronics back to this country. A $35 cap on insulin. Medicare can negotiate for lower drug prices. He's fighting for student loan debt forgiveness. These are policy issues that are tangible for Americans. And they touch your life more than trans kids playing sports or Hunter Biden's laptop. So Democrats, you've done the work. Now step up the PR game. I mean, draw the comparisons. We're going to bring broadband to everyone in America. They're going to ban books. We're going to help Ukraine 
and save their democracy. They're going to defend Putin and carry his water. We're going to do something about mass shootings. They're going to flip out about trans kids who want to play sports. Democrats, just draw the comparisons. We are rebuilding your infrastructure. They're flipping out over drag shows. You're the getter done president. These guys, (laughs) they're nothing but clutching their pearls and having outrage about nothing. And finally, after decades addressing infrastructure, this stuff matters to ordinary people. Again, Joe Biden's still got to talk about abortion, talk about democracy. But, you know, they're starting to build the case. They're Democrats, so it's theirs to blow. But if people want to say Biden is senile, (laughs) let's take that kind of senility over what the Republican Party has to offer. And then we can finally start asking the news media, when are you guys ever, ever, ever going to bloody well ask, what are Republicans doing to reach out to blue voters? Quick break. When we come back, Glenn Kirshner, how nice to have incredible breaking news 20 seconds before Glenn rejoins our airwaves. If you haven't heard, Lordy, there are more Trump tapes. We will discuss that. And the very busy year Jack Smith and Donald Trump's defense attorneys are going to be having. This is Progress. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying. You already know Mr. Glenn Kirshner, former federal prosecutor with 30 years of trial experience. He served in the U.S. Attorney's Office with the District of Columbia for 24 years. Of course, he served more than six years on active duty as an Army Judge Advocate General Prosecutor, trying court-martial cases and handling criminal appeals. Now you know him as an NBC and MSNBC legal analyst, and he hosts the video and podcast show Justice Matters. On a very rapidly evolving news day, it's a pleasure to welcome back the great Glenn Kirshner. Hello, sir. 
Hey, John, I hope you can hear me. I've got this echo working so I can sort of hear you, but just barely. I can hear you perfectly right now. I hope you can hear me. Most of my questions are pretty inconsequential, but I'll do my best to, to make them appear serious. Glenn, I never would have imagined when we had you booked that this would happen about an hour after CNN obtaining the audio recording of Donald Trump acknowledging he had secret, his words, military information that was not declassified six months after leaving an office. Should we be expecting more leaks like this from the Jack Smith case? I was a bit surprised we got to hear it this soon. Yeah, you know, I don't think the leak came from Jack Smith necessarily, but you know what, wherever it came from, it's kind of evidentiary manna from Evan, because when you hear something that is so directly incriminating and so devastating, and it is in the voice of the defendant himself, you know, it's a wrap. That's really all she wrote. It very much reminds me of when I would try drug conspiracy cases and I would have a defendant on an audio recording, courtesy of a wiretap, saying things like, um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna need 10 kilos by Friday. You know, that is the point, John, at which the jury starts looking up at the clock in the courtroom, wondering how much longer you know they have to wait until they can go back, begin deliberating, and return guilty verdicts. This is you know devastating evidence. We've talked a lot on this show about how Merrick Garland is renowned for not having leaks. I mean, Unabomber, uh, uh, the Ted Kaczynski case, of course, uh, um, uh, you know, Oklahoma City. And so I was a bit surprised that we actually got to hear this footage this early. But also the fact that, again, this takes place at Bedminster. The document he's allegedly holding and waving that we hear flapping on the recording is in Bedminster. Glenn, do you have any idea why the Bedminster property was never searched by the federal government? You know, I have a suspicion, and that suspicion is, for whatever reason, by the time federal prosecutors learned about what Donald Trump was doing with classified documents uh, up in New Jersey at Bedminster, he had already had those documents and those boxes returned to Mar-a-Lago. You know, it's critically important when we're applying for search warrants that our evidence be fresh, not stale. In other words, if the prosecutors had information that whatever classified documents he was mishandling at Bedminster had since been shipped somewhere else, they couldn't go to a judge and say, judge, we have probable cause that there's evidence of crime located at Bedminster right now. They may have had probable cause that it was there three months ago or six months ago, but that is now stale. So that's the only plausible reason I can see. It's that for whatever, you know, whatever developed during the course of the investigation, it must have undercut their probable cause because otherwise I have no explanation for why they would not have applied for a search warrant for Bedminster. I mean, is it unreasonable to assume that perhaps the next federal indictment brought by Jack Smith could pertain to the documents at Bedminster? Oh, I think that's entirely reasonable to assume. Look, Jack Smith, in my opinion, would not have disclosed um, that criminal conduct by Donald Trump in the Florida federal indictment, because what he disclosed was that Donald Trump not only mishandled classified documents at Bedminster, but he violated our nation's uh, espionage laws by mishandling national defense information. 
I don't believe for a minute Jack Smith would have put that in the Florida indictment. And then what? He's going to let it go. He's not going to charge the crime where it occurred in New Jersey, which is where federal prosecutors would have venue to indict it. People are saying, well, I hope Jack Smith has a plan B. In my opinion, this is all part of Jack Smith's plan A. And we are very likely to see uh, indictments drop up in New Jersey. Were you surprised to see him file a motion seeking a December trial date for these crimes after uh, Judge Aileen Cannon said, OK, let's begin in August? I wasn't only because as Jack Smith sets out in the filing, um, there's a whole lot of legwork that goes into both parties being prepared, not only the prosecutors, but the defense being prepared to um, to litigate uh, a, a case that involves classified information, um, national defense information. And part of what Jack Smith put in that motion to Judge Cannon is, look, we are in the process of assisting the defense counsel to get the, the necessary security clearances that they need by law to even look at the documents their client stole. And doesn't that kind of undercut Trump's argument that he declassified it with his mind, because if that was the case, well, then guess what? His defense attorneys wouldn't need security clearances to view declassified items. But, you know, I think it was entirely unrealistic when Judge Aileen Cannon said an August trial date. But the reason she did that was because the Speedy Trial Act, the law, requires that somebody go to trial within 70 days of the date they were arraigned. Trump was arraigned 63 days later. Judge Cannon set that trial for, and I think everybody recognized it was unrealistic. The only thing that kind of surprised me is I thought the defense attorneys might be the first one to file the motion to continue. But I think Jack Smith wanted to get everything out there, including how some of the defense attorneys have not even yet filed the preliminary paperwork, what we right. call the SF-86 to get the security clearance ball rolling. So that might have been a little bit of a of a nudge to the defense attorneys to get going on, you know, their paperwork for the security clearances. You know, I stay up all night wondering how much coordination might actually exist somehow hypothetically between these different prosecutions, because I, I got to tell you, Glenn, looking back on it now, it seems like the most brilliant maneuver by the government was having the Alvin Bragg indictment be the first one to roll it out. I, I don't think we would have seen the federal indictment perhaps go off as smoothly with as little civil unrest as we did if they hadn't had the Alvin Bragg trial balloon to get the first one out of the way. Is that a simple way of looking at it? A simple way, but I think a largely accurate way. And here's what I take some comfort in. Look, Donald Trump, um, I think, managed to sort of get lightning into the bottle on January 6th, right? Because he convinced everybody that their vote, not everybody, but the people who marched on the Capitol, that their vote had been stolen, their election rigged, their president was being unlawfully taken That's from right. them. He gave them a personal stake in the matter, a personal dog in the fight. Now, it was all from a platform of lies, but because he made it personal for them, that's why I think he convinced them to come to D.C. on January 6th, will be wild, go march to the Capitol and fight like hell, you won't have a country anymore. Now go down there and stop the certification, stop the steal. And I think we were all waiting to see what would happen when indictments started to drop against Donald Trump. And Donald Trump 
tried to whip up some support. Hey, I'm going to I'm about to be arrested in New York. And, right. Oh, it looks like I'm going to be indicted in Florida. He so tried. he kind of tried to assemble a riot and nobody came. Exactly. And I think that um, bodes well moving forward for how Donald Trump's appeal and allure is is just fading. Yeah. We are talking to the great Glenn Kirshner. You can always support Mr. Kirshner at patreon.com slash Glenn Kirshner. And you should always listen to the podcast Justice Matters because, my God, it's so passionate and brilliant. And and Glenn, the, the big thing I'm feeling is that we need to get ready to see Jack Smith um, going after this fake elector story. It sort of seems like I'm trying to keep one eye on Fonnie Willis and... Again, it, keeping track of all these cases between Alvin Bragg, between the documents case, between Fonnie Willis, between uh, New York Attorney General Tish James getting the $1.4 million fine this year for the Trump org, and the jury of citizens who found Donald Trump liable criminally for sexual abuse in the E. Jean Carroll case. There's a lot to keep track of. But Jack Smith's just getting warmed up, isn't he? I mean, he seems to be locking in testimony. Jeff Clark, Rudy... Jenna Ellis. I mean, we, they won't be indicting Michael Romans. We just learned. What are your feelings as to where this thing is leading to with the whole fake electors scheme? Yeah, there, there seems to be good news story after good news story with respect to how aggressive Jack Smith is being, um, not only on the classified documents crimes, which he indicted really at light speed. He was only appointed special counsel on November 18th. And whereas there was lots of delay by the Department of Justice, given some recent Washington Post reporting, it was delay for apparently all the wrong reasons. But I'll tell you, that's a little bit of you know water under the Justice Bridge because Jack Smith came in and he was going 100 miles an hour in the direction of accountability. He indicted the classified documents case. Now we see he's putting fake electors in the grand jury investigating all things January 6th. And he is wringing the truth That's it. out of these fake electors. He's giving some of them immunity, which is always a, a challenging tactical decision to make. I'm not wildly enamored of immunity because that means you're giving somebody a pass for their crimes as you're trying to wring the truth out of them to work your way up the criminal ladder. But look, there are so many fake electors to pick and choose from. <laughs> I trust Jack Smith's tactical instincts to give immunity to the ones who maybe are less culpable and have more incriminating information about others and indict the rest of them. We just also heard, John, that he's put a whole bunch of Secret Service agents right. before the grand jury. And these folks can hurt Donald Trump on both the classified documents crimes and on January 6th. So I think, you know, we can we can kind of see justice starting to peak up over the horizon. We, we still kind of need binoculars. But I do feel like we're making a lot of progress. I agree with you. I feel like when the story is told of the Mar-a-Lago indictment, Secret Service testimony is going to be so much more pivotal than we could possibly know right now. Um, we play a little game around here called Who's Going to Flip First, Rudy Giuliani or Jenna Ellis? It's a fun game. Anyone can play it with family and kids. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have two concerns about it. Number one is, can Donald Trump conceivably have a a Reagan-esque Iran-Contra plausible deniability angle here that this was all my attorneys scheming about the alternate electors. I just did what they put in front of me. And I also want to ask you about Jenna Ellis, because it seems like that very curious agreement she entered into with the Colorado bar where she admitted lying but didn't call herself a liar seems to be like they've got her just ready to flip if they ever need her. You know, the good news is I don't think Jack Smith needs uh, Jenna or Rudy 
to flip, quite frankly. You know, more incriminating information is always a good thing. You know, as a prosecutor, I always told my detectives, agents and investigators, you know, if you found me three witnesses, I'd really like you to find me a fourth if possible. But I think Jack Smith is going to have all he needs, even without cooperation from Rudy and or Jenna. You know, when when Jenna, as you mentioned, when she struck that agreement and then went out the next day and and basically lied and undercut the very agreement she just struck, you know what that does? It does real damage to her credibility as a future trial witness. Mm. Rudy Giuliani has all but disqualified himself as somebody who prosecutors would be willing to sponsor as a prosecution witness. It would take days just to clean up his credibility enough to get a jury to start crediting you know, what he was saying about the crimes of Donald Trump of course. or others. So it's always a calculated risk when you're bringing really cruddy people on board to testify against more important cruddy people. I don't think they need Jenna or Rudy, quite frankly, to prove the case against Trump. Let me ask you then about what you think conceivable Trump defenses might be. Um, After he lied to his own lawyer, Evan Corcoran, and Evan Corcoran's 50 pages of notes on, no, you can't have these documents wound up in Jack Smith's hands, it seems like they're going to try to argue that somehow uh, his attorney-client privilege with Evan Corcoran has been violated. That's not going to stand, is it, if a crime has been committed? so I don't think think it's going to stand. It's already been litigated by Chief Judge, former Chief Judge Beryl Howell, federal district court in D.C., and she um, rejected any privilege claim because she concluded, based on the evidence, Donald Trump was using his lawyers, including Evan Corcoran, in furtherance of his own criminal activity. That's now, right. they can try to relitigate that issue with Judge Cannon, and they may get some play there, but I happen to believe at the end of the day, you know, any judge who is an honest broker of the law and the facts, I think the jury's still out on Judge Cannon, will rule exactly as Judge Beryl Howell ruled. So, you know, I I don't think that dog is going to hunt for Donald Trump. Glenn, let me just shift gears really briefly because um, we've ignored the real important story in our lives. The Hunter Biden's deal from the Justice Department. The Wall Street Journal just had three of their reporters review more than 100 federal court dockets and interview almost a dozen former federal prosecutors. And they've said, yeah, on both the gun charge and the tax charge, (laughs) it really doesn't look like he got anything to call a sweetheart deal. What do you think? I know the Republican Party's not going to let the story go away. No, they, they never will. The facts won't matter to them. And I'll tell you, when Joe Biden came into office, he had the right that every president has to ask for the resignations of all United States attorneys and um, replace them with U.S. attorneys of his choosing. Yes. That's the way business is done. That's the, the right and the prerogative of an incoming president. Joe Biden didn't do that in Delaware. Think about this. As both president and as a father, he said, I am going to let the Trump appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware continue his uh, investigation to its conclusion into the possible crimes of my son. Yeah. I mean, that is a stand up thing for a president and frankly, a father to do. And it is that Trump appointed U.S. attorney who concluded after five years of investigating Hunter Biden, that basically all he could charge him with was two failures to file tax returns in a timely manner and lying on on a form um, saying he wasn't using drugs when, in fact, he was. Now, let me tell you, (laughs) if Hunter's last name wasn't Biden, 
I don't believe he would have been charged with any of that. Do you Correct. know how many people late file their taxes or fail to file their taxes? You know what the IRS, yeah. the DOJ does, the IRS really most directly? They say, hey, pay up, pay some penalties, some fines and some interest, and let's call it a day. They don't run around prosecuting folks for those kind of crimes. Take it from me. I was inside DOJ for decades. They did it, I think, because nobody wanted to seem like there was any favoritism right. uh, involved in resolving they had to. The, the investigation into Hunter Biden. So I think he got a harsher penalty than an ordinary American who was not connected to a president. Just like the Durham probe, Glenn. Let it go on. Spend the money. Go ahead. We'll, we want to be squeaky clean about this. Investigate us all you want. And we'll pay your salary while you do it. And sometimes, John, when you're trying so hard not to be perceived as partisan or political, you're proving yourself to be partisan or political. You should only make those kind of decisions based on the facts and the law. Once you let other things creep in, like a public perception, we have to start altering our approach to appease the folks out there who might misperceive what we're doing. That's a recipe for disaster. Mr. Kirshner, what is the best way for our riffraff and evil army of the night to keep up with you and all your doings and uh, and follow you beyond subscribing to the Justice Matters podcast? Yeah, so uh, please go to the Justice Matters podcast. I post a legal analysis video every day, seven days a week. Go there and subscribe. It is always free. I'm also, you know, on the platforms. I'm at Glenn Kirshner 2, the number two. I hope to be promoted to Glenn Kirshner 1 someday. <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook under Glenn Kirshner 2. And as you generously mentioned earlier, if you really want to uh, support our all-volunteer efforts, our mission, our content here at Justice Matters, you can go over to Patreon, sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I, I send folks, um, you know, Team Justice stickers, Justice Matters stickers, a personal handwritten note. They get all kinds of behind-the-scenes looks at what it is we do here. Glenn, what an amazing time to be alive. It's going to be an incredible summer and fall. Thank you so much for your time and expertise. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Great being with you, John. Have a great evening, sir. We'll see you very soon. we got to take a quick break. We will be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We'll be right back. Hey, all. Glenn Kirshner here. So, friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. Do you care about ethics in government, criminal justice reform, a conflict-free federal judiciary? I thought so. On Justice Matters, we take on issues involving the need to reform our government and its institutions. And we talk about real, achievable reform. I hope you'll join us. Look for Justice Matters wherever you usually get your podcasts. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back. Folks, Rhonda Handsome is one of the best comics in the game. She's open for Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin and Anita Baker. She's done a lot of great solo shows. You can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. And we just we, we just had the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest at Don't Tell Mamas. It's so good to have Miss Rhonda Handsome back on SiriusXM. Hello, Rhonda. I'm black, y'all. Welcome. Thank you, <laughs> goddess. How did the big show go for the Black Women oh. in Comedy Laugh Fest you didn't invite me to perform at? <laughs> it was great, John. It was so wonderful. We had a packed house. The 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 jokes were rolling. Um, I I loved hosting because I got a chance to see all of these fabulous comics from uh, around the states, and uh, it, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. And you know, I I've been performing at Don't Tell Mama for decades, so yeah. you know, I, I love the venue, and uh, I had a great time, and. Um, uh, I I may even uh, start working on the board of the Black Women in Comedy uh, Festival, uh, you know, just to keep things rolling along. So I had a good time. I well, had a good nice. time. Nice. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. It's all, I, I miss seeing you perform live, Rhonda. Um, and of course, uh, I'm glad to have you here with us. It's been a pretty crazy week in the news. You wanted to mention something about uh, our good friend, Governor J.B. Pritzker of uh, the state of Illinois. Well, yes, John, he seems to be planning to sign a bill that would allow migrants to become police officers with arrest powers. And uh, John, you know, I feel like I have one or two issues with the police. I, I, I'll i be frank. You I, have issues with the police? I've, this has never come up in any of our conversations. Go on, please. But I feel like the possibility of white identifying non-citizens having the opportunity to arrest, to control, to tell American citizens what to do will be a nightmare. And I don't even know how he could even be considering this. Well, uh, because I believe they have a significant police shortage. And so to try to solve it, he's making it open to migrants who want to become cops. I know that being a cop in Chicago might not be the most popular gig at the moment, but he's already facing significant blowback over this. I, I, I admit I haven't really heard too much about this uh, this this case. I, you know, everybody talks about Chicago. There are in Idaho and Ohio, there are white people killing their families. I mean, they 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 specialize in getting rid of their their nearest and dearest. And uh, everybody talks about Chicago. If you have a police shortage, I mean, look at look at all the ones who are just you know moved around like uh, uh, oh, I know, like Catholic priests. Yeah. Yes, actually. So, you know, get American citizens in there, uh, at least some people who are are used to our own brand of police brutality. I, I, I want some I want a home home brand of police brutality, not something that's coming from a, another place where, you, you know, they just feel like they can cut us down with impunity. And, you know, they have the, they have the law. They are the law. Yeah. I, I, I really do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so surprised and I'm very upset about it, whether there is a police shortage or not. What there really is, is a shortage of police 
being equal, having a sense of equity in the way people are 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 treated when they are uh, that when they have committed infractions. Well, that's why I'm, I'm actually curious about it, because, you know, uh, federal law only allows U.S. citizens to be officers or deputies. But in 2021, I know the government passed a bill that would allow some migrants or undocumented immigrants even to become healthcare workers and military members. So now this bill that would let non-citizens, again, it's migrants, not undocumented workers, migrants seeking asylum, be able to become police officers it's passed the Illinois House. It passed the Illinois Senate. And so, again, they have to be work-eligible immigrants well, to be, become done. a part You're of law enforcement. About undocumented people. We already have gangs. We have police gangs. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Are working in concert with city councils, and, and now we're bringing in people. We don't even know what kind of crimes they committed wherever they are fleeing well, from. Well, no, no, they're migrants seeking asylum, so we can assume that they didn't commit crimes. But let's just hear me out on this. Would the worst thing to happen, and again, I say this as someone who knows very little about the topic, so that's why I'm going to voice my opinion on American Airways. Would the worst thing to happen be people who didn't grow up in this country, but who have studied our Constitution and really want to follow the laws to gain citizenship, taking police jobs away from ignorant, fucking violent, racist thugs? Just, just they, they if, will not be taking them away. Civ- they, if they, some civilized humans who are migrants, who are educated, who want to become citizens, who aren't joining the force because they want to beat up black guys, but are joining the force to try to get their citizenship, maybe that could bring, uh, let's just say, a different kind of energy to police precincts and possibly dilute the racist douchebag quotient that unfortunately has plagued so many fine precincts. I don't believe that it would. I think it could very possibly bring in its own brand of uh, gang culture and anti-black racism into a culture that is already uh, supremacist. I, but I'm, we're, we're, I really, we're probably talking non-white people here. We're talking non-white humans who are trying but, to become but, citizens. But that's the trick, John. A lot of these people are not white, but they are white identifying. I mean, Afghans are white identifying. I mean, there are a lot of people of color who come into this country identifying with the uh, with the establishment sure. and wanting to be part of it. And that's why, you know, I have issues with people who are just dying to to put the themselves into the buffer class between, uh, you know, black people and 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 toe the line for white supremacy. Totally fascinating. I will admit I didn't know much about this story before. And it seems like the sort of thing that's going to generate um, not a lot of popularity for the good governor. I'm, I'm a bit surprised it's gotten this far. But if it passed the House and the Senate uh, and he wants to do it, I mean, it seems like this could... <laughs> Look, we'll see if it happens, how it works. It'll either make things worse or maybe it'll make things better. I just know that if you're a racist thug who wants to beat people up as a cop, you should apply for the job now before you have more competition. Before there's more competition. John, thugs are all around. I couldn't believe it. I I, I don't look at the, the news for one day and all of a sudden there's a semi-coup in Russia and now all and, and, and it's over. Yeah. I mean, it's like it was like what was it like a three day uh, almost coup, and and now 
the, the leader has to make sure that he, he never goes above the first floor of any building. <laughs> exactly right. I said earlier, I mean, is Prigozhin going to get Putin or is Putin going to get Putin or will they both get Putin in the same month? Um, in fact, I want to play, if, if it's OK, just a little bit here. This is uh, President Biden today giving some comments on how the U.S. was monitoring, how the U.S. was monitoring the military rebellion. Again, it it wasn't a coup. They weren't trying to depose the leader. They just wanted to murder the defense minister. Here's Joe Biden. The situation began to develop as it did. I directed my national security team to monitor closely and report to me hour by hour. I instructed them to prepare for a range of scenarios. I also convened our key allies on a, on a Zoom call to make sure we're all on the same page. It's critical that we're in a coordinated in our response and coordinated in what we to anticipate. We agree. They agreed with me that we had to make sure we gave Putin no excuse. Let me emphasize, we gave Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. We made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system. I also talked at length with President Zelensky of Ukraine. I'll be keeping in contact with him. I may be peaking him later today, early tomorrow morning, to make sure we continue to remain on the same page. I told him that no matter what happened in Russia, let me say it again, no matter what happened in Russia, we, the United States, would continue to support Ukraine's defense and its sovereignty and its territorial integrity. He and I agreed to follow up and stay in constant contact. Okay, like I like everything Biden said, but I'm sorry. The more he says America had nothing to do with it, the more it made me think the CIA's fingerprints were all over this thing. But John, I'm glad you said it. I mean, I think he doesn't <laughs> protest too much. You know, I was waiting for him to say, "Blame it on the rain." I, 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 right, it, but it, the reality it, is, though, I mean, Prigozhin did this because he'd been criticizing the the Russian leadership for months. And then the Russian leadership apparently bombed his own troops. I mean, no one's come out and said it was America or Ukraine that bombed his troops. It was the Russians. And that's why this whole counteroffensive began in the first place. And that's what makes it so crazy to me, because Putin came out and said uh, this took time, including to give those who made a mistake a chance to change their minds. But those who made a mistake, Putin murders people for less than this. This is a scary thing to hear from this man. Yes. <laughs> Forgiveness. The mayor Copeland. Oh, my God. This, it, it's what John, I, you know, it's I mean, one day, one day out of the news cycle and 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 the world is 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 turning around like a, a dreidel. <laughs> it's crazy. I am really angry at you, Prigozhin, but this one time you get Mulligan and can go live in Belarus. I mean, it makes no sense, but it does when you consider that Putin couldn't do anything about it. He didn't have an army to defend him in Moscow. All of his troops are in freaking Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, and and I think some of his citizens are getting a little tired of losing their men, losing their young men, losing their future in in the Ukraine. Thank you. Yes. Well, and that was the amazing thing, Rhonda. And on Friday night, this was all breaking while we were on the air. I pointed out we are not a breaking news show, but instead of, you know, bringing you more missing submarine reportage, we we were talking about it. And the incredible thing all through the early moments of it were that he told the truth. Prigozhin, who is responsible for so much carnage and unforgivable violence upon the Ukrainian people, came out and said 
that this invasion was bullshit, that Ukraine and NATO were never a threat to Russia, and this was just done because billionaires wanted to rip the country off for its resources. I, I mean, that alone, I thought he would get killed for. And notice, after he said it, no one in Russia came out and said he was wrong. No one on state TV came out and said he was wrong. I want to play you a little bit more. This is National Security Spokesperson John Kirby. They asked him today about the motivations or goals of the Wagner Group and their weird little half invasion of Russia. I'm sorry, can you say that again? In the U.S.'s assessment, was it ever the Wagner Group's intent to directly target Putin or the Kremlin? Uh, again, I would let the parties speak for themselves here in terms of what transpired and what motivations there were for these actions. That's not something that we could accurately or even appropriately speak to. What I can speak to is we made sure that we lashed up early and have stayed lashed up with our allies and partners to make sure we all have the same kind of perspective on this and we're approaching it from the same way um, and that we made appropriate communications with the Russians about their obligations to protect our diplomats and to make sure that they knew we weren't involved. Rhonda, you're shaking your head. I think he's exactly right. I think everyone in NATO is like, you know what? I'm going to take one big step right the fuck back and let these guys beat each other up for a while. Well, when you when your enemy is fighting with his, himself, when he's chasing his own tail, let him keep running. <laughs> I want to play one more clip, and then I want to get to some of our callers. We are at eight six six nine nine seven grit. We'd love to hear from you guys about everything. But um, but here is just one more. Here's April Ryan. For me, she asked John Kirby the, the million dollar question because what terrifies me more than Putin. Uh, Rhonda might be a bunch of crazy mercenaries with nukes. Are you concerned about the instability in Russia because of the nuclear capability? If they have to come out stronger, they could use that. Is that the reason for your uh, concern about instability? I think you got to take a broader view of that, April. I mean, uh, the, the reason we're, we're, we would be concerned about instability in Russia is uh, the war in Ukraine predominantly. Yes, Russia is a nuclear power, and yes, that's of concern, and yes, we continue to monitor that. But, I mean, I just think you, if, you, if you look at, at the scope of, of recent events, again, over the past year and a half, um, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned about stability in Russia and the impact that that could have on the Ukrainian people and on the European continent. That's the big question, Rhonda. I don't know what's worse, Putin or whatever the hell might replace Putin. But but uh, to me, this did feel like in some way or other, the beginning of the end of this Ukraine war. I don't know. Maybe I'm suddenly well, becoming I, an optimist. I, think, uh, I thought we we were told it was going to be like a two, three week adventure. But uh, I, I'm very disappointed it's gone on this long. But yeah, now I'm not really aware of who might be in line behind Putin. I, I had heard rumors that it was George Santos, but I'm, I'm right. really not sure, uh, you know, who who would be coming up uh, behind him. Are, do, have you heard any names? About. I, I always hope it's Ted McGinley at times like this, but I know it's been a long time since we could count on that. So, no, I mean, you know, this is not like uh, when, when Yeltsin was president and, and Putin was already pretty famous here in the West as a KGB superstar. We don't know. All I assume is that Putin probably being the KGB superstar has some idea of who would want to take his job and people ready to kill anybody who would like I can't believe this man Prigozhin is still alive and that Putin didn't have someone embedded with the Wagner group to push a button on the guy as soon as he called him. I 
think he's just waiting. He's just biding his time. He says, you know, it's too soon. He he can he can put this guy out anytime he wants to. He's going to let him sweat a little bit. He's going to keep him looking over his shoulder. He's going to be having a taster. Someone taste oh my his God. Right. all the time. He is going to sweat. And then suddenly, you know, he'll have a little accident or he'll shake hands with someone who's got like a dusty palm. That's and right. Then, the end of it. That's it. You know, I'm against all violence, but I'm taking out a life insurance policy on both of these guys. All right, let's go to the phones. We're at 866-997-GRIT. We're taking your calls on everything from Hunter Biden to rural high-speed internet. Paul in New Jersey, welcome. You're on Sirius XM with Rhonda Hansom. Hey. How's it going, Giant? Hey. Rhonda, this is the first time I get to talk to you. Ah, lucky man. I love it. I love it. No, I had I, I had a confession. I, uh, remember when that thing with the with the with the smoky eye lady? She was gonna she she was trying to say real women of history of bull, bull crap. Yeah, I had, I was trying to make up a song with uh, with you guys with the miracle real American heroes. Yes, and I was gonna include Ron the hands of saying I'm black, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I would say I mean, of, of all of all the catchphrases to steal, be very cautious stealing Ron the Handsome's "I'm Black, y'all," especially if oh, you're I a. I was I was honoring. I, I was. Oh, it's an homage. I know they all they all say it's an homage in the end when they get caught. I know. Just just saying. Yeah, it's always an homage until the residuals start rolling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the reason the reason I'm calling is because yeah, I agree with Rhonda on on, on this policing thing with the uh, with the immigration, right? With the, with the with with the migrants because yeah, I think they would be worse than than the, than the racist cops we have. Maybe, Honestly, maybe. I, mean, um, I have a cousin from Peru, and she's the niece of this one famous comedian. His name is Mel Cochita. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but uh, like if you were, if you read, if you could hear, listen, um, understand Spanish, okay. you should listen to him. He's very racist. Okay. And he doesn't, he's very racist with his jokes and all that other stuff, and it's, it's crazy. So, I don't think, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with Ron on this one because it's, because I think it, I think it would be worse. Okay. You know, in, in, order, in order for them to, I mean, look at, look at that guy, Torrio. He's Cuban, and he thought that he was, you know, he, he thought he was an honorable white guy with 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 these proud boys. Right. You know what I mean? That's, I know what you're that, saying. That's... I know what you're saying. But again, I, I, you know, all I'm saying is I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on well enough to judge. I, I, I like J.B. Pritzker in general. I don't think he's crazy. This has already passed the the House and the legislature in the state of Illinois. So you know, if it's a bad move, it'll blow up in his face. If it's good, he'll yeah. look like a genius. I mean, I hope it does, but I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my, I hope it does, but I'm gonna put my money is gonna blow in his face. Well, again, and it's for migrants. If you go on Twitter, you'll just see people with, you know, bald eagle wallpaper on Twitter, just saying that it's giving guns to illegals, which is a, a lie two times over. That's true too. They, yeah. yeah, but I mean, of course, that goes. I mean, that's the funny part. That's yeah, that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Now you're giving guns. You know, um, you got the other people. You got the people on, on, on the other side saying they're going to give guns to illegals, and illegal, and here the illegals going to be doing or supposedly illegals because they're actually migrants. They're they're they're, they're green card holders, and you know, with employment. Yeah, and by and, the way, where's the NRA coming out and supporting the right to bear arms for undocumented immigrants? Huh? They need self-defense. Where's the NRA? Right, Rhonda? Come on. The NRA is really big on having non-white people have easy access to firearms, aren't they? They're all about that. 
Oh, yeah, supposedly, supposedly. Until we're, we're having a hard enough time getting people who are American citizens to, to register their guns. <laughs> and we're going to have right. people who are totally undocumented yep. coming in here, being law enforcement. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad to have your uh, your agreement on this. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fine. Fun. You always take her side. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. They, they always take it's your side. Side that I have, Johnny. You know what? You got nothing but beautiful sides, and that's why people take yours over mine. My sides are wretched and forlorn. Let me go to Bill in Jersey. What's up, Bill? You're on with Rhonda. Oh, hi, John. Hello. Hi, lovely Rhonda. Oh, oh no. I love you, Bill. My God, they take a break from Mac and on Theater, Mac on Rhonda. These people. Go ahead. As far as um, the the uh, hot dog guy's concerned, yes, um, Pergosian, he's in Belarus. And according to Senator Mark Warner, who said it in a serious sense, which doesn't make sense to me, he says he's in a hotel in Minsk that doesn't have any windows. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it must be a joke, but then you like repeated. Like, How can you have a hotel without windows to begin with? Uh, everybody's mm. a comedian. <laughs> right. Believe me, Putin will find a way where there's no window. There's still a way. <laughs> when there's no window, it means you get a polonium smoothie. That's what that means. Yeah, yeah. Or you get pushed under the door. Yeah. But uh, also, this guy, Pogosian, uh, is, yeah, he was indicted, whatever it is, by the Mueller investigation, and there's a $250,000 price tag on his head mm. for his involvement with the, uh, the uh, bots, the criminal bots that were used during the election with Hillary. Right. Um, right. So, he was involved with that? Yes. Yeah, that was the yeah. With the hackings of both of both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, but only the Democratic Party's emails got leaked. Russia hacked them both. Right. Yeah, Prigozhin was involved with that. Yeah. Oh, he's not a good guy. He's not a good. He's not. A, I kept saying this on Friday night. I have to remind people this is exciting, but this is not like a good guy rebelling against a bad guy. It's two bad guys having a big bloody fight. Johnny's not a good guy, but the man has ambition. Oh, I'll like say. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. Right. Regarding the thing with uh, spreading the internet, please, rural communities. Yes. It's a great idea, but how do we know that these fascist states aren't going to do the same thing they did with Obamacare by denying it or the funding for uh, COVID that they held back and didn't spend? You think they're going to allow this? I think some states. I think some states will will use the money for what it's intended, and I think some states will uh, will spread the money around and grift it around and not actually provide the services for for American residents. Yeah, but it's not going to be the fault of the Democrats or Joe Biden or this White House for administering the funds. Okay. Lastly, can I quote the world's oldest person? Yes. Okay. Her name is um, Maria Branias Moreira. She was born in San Francisco, but her family moved back to Spain. You know, uh, uh, she's 116. Wow. And uh, they and she's still with it and everything. Yeah. She she texts on uh, on uh, uh, Twitter and stuff. She, she, she said, order tranquility, good connection with family and friends, contact with nature, emotional stability, no worries, no regrets, lots of positivity and staying away from toxic people was her recommendation. Wow. For longevity. Trying to write and all that you down. Know what? Yes. You know, there are going to be, 
There's going to be something like 80,000 centenarians in America this year. Yes, there are. And it's doubling. Yeah. So t- talking about Joe, you know, Joe Biden being that young age is not going to matter anymore. You know, when I was a kid, they said, don't trust anybody over 30. <laughs> anyone over 100. I mean, uh, Listen, my attitude is Joe Biden. Joe Biden gets so much done in a day. I'm ready to have a hundred year old guy and see what that guy can do. You can do a lot in the White House if you're not worried about your next job or your mistress. That's what having an old president's taught me. Bill, thank you very, very much for the call. Oh, Rhonda, can I just say a word about our friend Robert Kennedy Jr.? What is he doing? Yeah, well, he's running yeah. for president, and he's got oh, no, not another person running. Oh, Robert, you haven't heard about Robert Kennedy? He's getting like all the support, and Republicans love him. And he has this super PAC called Heal the Divide. And on the website, the group says uh, only Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can unite the nation by to start healing America. And you can donate in dollars or in crypto. Um, what's interesting is, and Rolling Stone just had an article about this um, that. The super PAC creators are big Donald Trump people. They have ties to Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos and Federal Election Commission filings list this uh, Jason Bowles of RTA strategy as the treasurer. And they use RTA's website and mailing address. Uh, So what I'm saying is going on here is they, they found out that Robert F. Kennedy's terms of service on the site are completely cut, copied and pasted from MAGA PAC. Trump's super PAC. And if you read it, they don't call it Heal the Divide on Heal the Divide Pack. They call it MAGA Pack. They self identify as MAGA. They literally, it's run by Trump guys. Roger Stone is praising this cab. Steve Bannon spent months encouraging Kennedy to run. David Sachs is donating to him. I mean, he's being staked by right wingers. He's about to speak to Moms for Liberty this week in oh Philly. Oh, God, those women. I, I please. That, okay, well. All right, to be bipartisan, uh, I'll donate an NFT. Okay. <laughs> it uh, just, I, I like Robert Kennedy. The more we hear about this campaign, the dirtier it gets. Mitch in Kent State, you're on with Miss Handsome. Mitch! Rhonda, so good. So good to hear you. John, uh, first of all, you took my She Loves You uh, uh, birthday, but that's okay. Uh, the um, uh, uh, Hard Day's Night soundtrack, though, was released uh, 59, year, or, yeah, 59 years ago today. So I got Had no idea. Yeah, and yeah, this number real quick. Mr. Tambourine Man was first recorded not by the Birds, but by Roger McGuinn and Hal Blaine. Uh, just the two of them. It, it, I didn't realize that uh, it was redone then later as you know the group, you know, with the total entirety of the Birds. You have outgeeked uh, me. I did not know I, that. I, 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 I geek myself with that because I didn't. Ron, this really, man puts me to shame. This man shows up and wipes the floor with me on classic rock minutia every night. <laughs> Is he going to mention my favorite, the Shatner? <laughs> uh, John, on, on the um, the bill that uh, Biden passed, yes. the uh, credit for the uh, Internet and such. Yes, sir. You know, uh, Texas, one of the, the lowest tax burdens of, of all the states, you know, that uh, – Gets more than it, uh, it gets more than it uh, gives out as far yes. as uh, uh, you know. It's it just uh, the Abbott. You know his total attitude with uh, uh, you know you know he always got the hand out. But uh, as far as you know, giving the hand up, it, it's not yes. there. And just, yeah. uh, to, to, you know, there's a song that Dave Mason called. Uh, the, the, um, you know, you took more than you gave, and that's exactly uh, what he's getting. It, I agree. You know, but I, I, I'm not degrading the people there. 
in Texas, you know, there are a lot of people that, you know, they should have access and things like that. But, but uh, you know, you think he's going to, that uh, the Abbott's going to give recognition to Biden for, you know, a, a thing? Or a oh, I'm sure he will. Yes. He's, he's a very fair man who cares. Yeah. And he knows how good it makes him look to praise the other side. So he he's really thinks these things through. He's a smart man. Yeah, Governor Abbott. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but John, you know, did you ever hear a thing called the uh, narcissist prayer? The narcissist prayer? Ugh, I yeah. wouldn't say that if you, I wouldn't be caught dead saying that prayer. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was such a thing. I, I just, you know, because I, I, you know, with, with Trump's, you know, his mindset as far as, you know, his, you know, his self-martyrdom that, that he believes he carries on yeah. with these people. Is yeah. this a real thing, and, the narcissist prayer? There is, yeah. Can I read real quick? Yeah, really quick. Okay, the narcissist prayer. That didn't happen, and if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, not that big of a deal. And if it is, it's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. That's 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 more the narcissist mantra, but we we like it. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that should be pinned up on this wall. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, it, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's the Kool-Aid. But, you know, even with these tapes being released and stuff, you know, the Kool-Aid drinkers, it's not going to sway them. It's not going to no. sway them one bit, John. Not at all. No, there's just no, there's no, uh, yeah. but that's okay. That's okay. They're softening Trump up. Just keep on softening him up. He can, he's got to do this another year. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Mitch, I thank you very much for the call and thanks for out geeking me once again. Rhonda, can you stay with us after the break? Absolutely. Okay. We'll be right back after this. This is Sirius XM Progress. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. I want to take a moment... And uh, pay tribute to someone whose name you'll be hearing probably a lot tonight on CNN or other news channels, or if you're on social media. His name was David Borman, and he died yesterday at age 69 following complications after hip surgery. Uh, he's a TV news legend. He worked at NBC News and ABC News, and I got to know him when he was running Current TV. He hired me and picked me to host a primetime newscast show as a comedian with no experience whatsoever. Uh, he and Al Gore picked me to do it, and... Um, of course, they sold the network before I could ever get my show on the air, and I took over another show. 
And they didn't treat David very well at the end of the day, but for a year and a half, I got to have him as a boss, and he was a true legend. He's credited for reinventing coverage of live events, including the Magic Wall, which you see all the time on election night. He's the guy behind State of the Union and the Situation Room at CNN. And he was a true legend in the news community. There's a lots of obituaries being hailed uh, and lots of praise for him. I just want to say he was maybe the best boss I ever had in uh, cable news and um, a wonderful human being. Go read some obituaries and read some biographies of David Borman. It's all over the news right now. A, a great, great figure in broadcasting and a guy who wanted the news to be smart and passionate. Like Rhonda Handsome. Miss Handsome, it's so good having you with us on another Monday. Uh, how do people follow your smart and passionate work and keep up with all your doings? Oh, they can follow me on Facebook if they're old buggies, Rhonda Handsome Comedy, and on IG at Rhonda Full, that's with two L's, and on Twitter at Rhonda Handsome, that's like a handsome man without the D. You don't need the D, baby. You don't need it. You don't don't need it. No. And what is the best way uh, for our listeners to see you live? Any big shows coming up? I Well, actually, I'm working on some directorial projects, and I want people to come out and support Dust of Egypt. We're going to be uh, bringing that up again for uh, some investors and uh, producers. So uh, that's what I'm working on, some of the directing stuff now. Brilliant. It's so good to see you, Queen. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having you here in studio with me and Thea, so it's a little less lonely. we got to hit a break. I'm coming in on my birthday. I'm coming in on my birthday, July 10th. <laughs> we'll see you soon. we got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. This is Progress. Oh, 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 o